Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. My name is Monica T., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Florida. And today is Monday, November 19th, 2018, the 7 a.m. meeting. And today, we are reading from the big book. We are in the chapter of Vision for You. We are on page 158. We will be starting with the second paragraph that begins on the third day. We will be reading through three paragraphs ending with from which he had long been absent. And today's readers are the 12 Steps, Javi K, the 12 Traditions, Esther F. Our text readers are Allison F, Alamine, Craig F, Ginger C. Our newcomer greeter today is Leslie M, and the host for the second hour is Penny C. And the share ID for yesterday, Sunday, November 18th, 2018, special edition, is 12,194-12194. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine, We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Harvey Kay if she'll read the 12 steps of OA for us, please. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, everyone. My name is Javi Kay, a compulsive overeater from Brooklyn, New York. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, 
promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you, Harvey K. I will now ask Esther F. if she will read the 12 Traditions of OA for us. Good morning, everyone. This is Esther F., a recovered compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need we need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you, Esther F. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery, described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two or three from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And I will be timing and I will say time when you've gone over three minutes. Today, we are resuming our study of the big book. We are on page 158 in the chapter of Vision for You. We are starting with the second paragraph 
on the third day, the lawyer gave his life. We are reading through three paragraphs, ending with, from which he was long absent. Comments will be taken on all three paragraphs today. And with that, I am going to ask Allison L. if she would read for us, please. Yes, thank you for your service, Monica. This is Allison L., recovered compulsive overeater in Ohio. On the third day, the lawyer gave his life to the care and direction of his creator and said he was perfectly willing to do anything necessary. His wife came, scarcely daring to be hopeful, though she thought she saw something different about her husband already. He had begun to have a spiritual experience. That afternoon, he put on his clothes and walked from the hospital a free man. He entered a political campaign, making speeches, frequenting men's gathering places of all sorts, often staying up all night. He lost the race by only a narrow margin, but he had found God, and in finding God, had found himself. That was June 1935. He never drank again. He, too, has become a respected and useful member of his community. He has helped other men recover and is a power in the church from which he was long absent. Okay. Good morning, everyone on the line. Again, this is Allison L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater calling from Ohio. Uh, this reading, um, <laughs> funny, the uh, first thing I thought was, oh, how convenient he took the third step on the third day. It's only, you know, it was a 12-day program, and then that was it. But what I see here is that, um, you know, he's taken step one and two very quickly. He knows he's powerless. He has this allergy of the body, obsession of the mind. He saw that and related to that through others' experience. And then um, he, he came to this place of, you know, there there is a God, and perhaps God can do for me what I couldn't do for myself because alone I certainly couldn't do it. And now he's willing to do anything, go to any lengths, um, and he's turning his life over to this to this God that, that can do what he cannot do. And so... What I was thinking of today is that I make this, I get to make this decision every day. Um, it's not a one time I make this decision and then all is well and I move on. I get to make this decision every day. And at this um, time of the year, um, making this decision is, is about giving God pause before everything that I do. Um, I'm turning my life and will over to the care of God. You know, I, I have to pause, you know, before clicking buy now, before clicking on the deal of the day, before buying presents, before committing to holiday plans, before signing up for things. I have to leave space for God to guide because I'm willing to go to any lengths. And so that means, you know, putting my wants and desires and um, plans, uh, you know, down for a moment and giving God space to come in. Um, and take me where he wants to take me. Um, and every day, you know, I take steps one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve on on a daily basis. It's necessary that I go to any lengths and continue to make this step three decision in all that I do. Um, and and in finding God, he found himself. Um, these steps have in this program they they strip me down to my truest self. Um, I don't have all the um, additives of, you know, covering up with food and behaviors and things that aren't really who I am. So I come to know 
God better by knowing myself better and knowing myself better by knowing God better and uh, practicing these principles on a daily basis with all of you as we continue to learn together. Thank you for teaching me and I look forward to what I might hear and learn today. I'll pass. Thank you, Allison. All right. Who would like to share this morning? Katie G. from Boston. Mary Kate. L. Ginger C. Nancy H. Siobhan. Oh, wait a minute. Um, Was it Siobhan? That's correct. Thank you. All right. Okay. This is what I got. Uh, My little pen was just to go in here. Um, Katie G., Kim G., Larry K., I think I heard Lance, I don't remember your Ginger C., Nancy H., and Siobhan, I didn't get your last initial. So, Katie G., you're up, followed by Kim G. Good morning, Monica. This is Katie G. Good morning, my fellows. Recovered in Boston. Um, Lots of echo. Good morning. Um, Oh, my gosh. In finding God, I found myself. Best line, right? Um, So when I was eating, I had no idea who I was. I remember um, being so anorexic in high school, and someone asked me what my favorite color was. I didn't know. I didn't know. I know what my favorite color was. I changed my name in college to Kat because Katie was a fat girl name, and I was going to leave my eating disorder at home. True story, okay? Because of these 12 steps, and this sounds crazy, but I changed my name back. I changed my name back because on a big birthday, I realized after I'd done the steps the first time, I realized I'm Katie. That's That's who I am. I'm not Kat. That's a weird, that's not me, right? It's a beautiful name. But it's not me. And um, by laying down everything and saying, I have no power, no choice, no control around the food. There is no drug of choice for me. It is a drug of no choice. I put food ingredients and behaviors into my body, phenomenon craving, craving, and I'm and I'm dead, right? Because that's what this program, that's what this disease did to me: spiritual death. And then in abstinence, spiritual death without the steps, without God, right? Without an entire psychic change. And literally, step three is, do I agree that I'm wrecked and that I'm going to move forward and do whatever I am asked to do to find out who I am and then set this right? Because intimacy, what I was taught early on, literally means into me, I see. I see my resentments, my fear, my relationship conduct. And guess what? It's not all trash. And so what God literally did for me and does for me, he chips away at everything that is not Katie. And then there's Katie, right? This isn't a process of adding. My experience has been that through the 12 steps, this has been a process of subtraction. And it continues to be on a daily basis. As I say, God, I can't continue this behavior. Would you please show me how to be different? Would you please change me? Love other people through me, God. Help me not have these judgmental and selfish and fearful behavior. Take that away, God. Show me who to be. And that is the brilliance of these 12 steps. I also know what my favorite color is today, which may seem like a goof, but I am a recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic, and I am God's daughter, and I know that today. And I know I'm not better than any of you. I'm not worse than any of you. I'm just one among many. So I can't wait to see what God continues to chip away at me today 
so that I can be the best Katie possible and be of service to others. Thank you all of you each and every day for your service and with that I pass. Thank you, Katie G. Kim G, you're up and then it'll be Larry K. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G, a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. On the third day, the lawyer gave his life to the care and direction of his creator, and he said he was perfectly willing to do anything necessary. So this is, we're really being shown some good sponsoring um, information here. You know, we learned a couple days ago that he was put in a private room for two days. Why was that? Because he had to be clear of his alcoholic substances in order to hear the message. You know, he was seen by Bill and Bob for hours on that second day, and he went through steps one and two, and now on the third day, he's making a decision to go through with the rest of the steps, and he's perfectly willing to do anything necessary. He's willing to go through with the rest of those steps. You know, I remember listening to, on YouTube, a, a historian talking about the early days in AA, not from an AA perspective, but from a historical perspective. And he talked about that he felt one of the reasons AA was able to grow in the 30s was because of the Great Depression. And a lot of these guys weren't working. So they could spend hours with each other because they didn't have a job and they could get through these steps a little more quickly. You know, and it, but I want to stress again that the person needs to be clean to be a receptive to this. You know, I remember watching a TV show many years ago, and it wasn't alcoholics. It was just a bunch of people that were drinking and they told them to stop, and they asked how many people said they could drive, and like 80% of the people raised their hand, and they gave them breathalyzer tests, and most of them failed, and they were horrified. They're once again, not alcoholics, but that they had ingested alcohol and didn't understand how their mind wasn't clear enough to drive, and they were horrified. That's the same with us. I might think if I'm eating that my mind is clear enough to do the steps, but I don't know that. I, my mind is altered when I'm eating, so therefore I need to get off those substances to have the clarity to do the rest of the steps, just like this gentleman did. You know, and my fear is when I hear messages on, in, in eatings of a way that you can continue to eat while doing the steps, is that people get the impression that the steps don't work versus the instructions aren't being followed. So I'm going to end with page 33 where it says, if we are planning to stop drinking, there must be no reservation of any kind nor any lurking notion that someday we will be immune to alcohol. You know, unfortunately, I hear the message sometimes, too, that once you do the steps, God will teach you to moderate your binge foods. That's not what this book tells me. If that is true for that person, they're probably the moderate or the heavy eater. But my fear is the real compulsive readers hearing that message, and they're going to continue to suffer, which is why it's so important to study this book to know who we are and what the specific solution is, which is we have to be clean, we get the message, we make a decision, and we follow through with the steps. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. Larry Kay, you're up, and then it'll be Lance. Good morning, Harmonica. Um, good morning. <laughs> Thanks so much for your service, Monica. It's good to hear you. Um, I, I focus. He was a free man. And um, so we're reminded throughout this book that a spiritual awakening of some sort is absolutely necessary, you know, if we're going to be restored to sanity. And I think, you know, if, if a court was responsible for convicting us 
of having, you know, this, this psychic change, this spiritual awakening, you know, that court's greatest source of evidence would be proof that we seem to have a new way of thinking that gives rise to new attitudes, motives, ideals. And, and by doing that, you know, we have new, new actions are going to come out of that. And my experience has been that this complete psychic overhaul comes from outside of the self. And that was something that I did not know that I didn't know. It was something outside of, of myself. And so, you know, rest assured, this lifeline is laid hold of and it's, it's made operative, you know, by taking precise actions. We have to take precise steps. And that's what this guy was willing to do, was to take some pre- precise actions. And the completion, you know, of this, this human activity, and it, sometimes it masquerades as suggestions, like taking steps four through nine. But we either engage in it or we, we reject it. There's no have-tos in this deal, right? And here's the thing. Engagement in the steps requires surrender, and that leads to freedom. Rejection of the steps requires resistance, and that leads to continued captivity. So each day my choice really is surrender and freedom or resistance and more captivity. We, I'll wrap up with this. We, we, hear this you know, we, we hear this catchy slogan, we came, we came to, we came to believe. For me, there was another more accurate slogan in my early years. I came, I came to resist, I came to fight, I came to analyze, and I came to despair. And I stayed in the prison cell. It's called free will. And so today, you know, by the grace of God, the funny thing is, the reality affirms me. And that, that reality is surrender not more fight. The fight went out of me, baby. And I'm so grateful for that. Thanks. With, with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Larry Kay. And I think it was Lance, and I did not get your last initial, and the next will be Ginger C. Hi, this is Lance L. Can you hear me? Yep. Go ahead. Hi, I'm a reader, and I am a in California, and I've been recovered for three and a half months. Um, you know, and, and the only way I, I became recovered is by the extreme battle that I went through for uh, as long as I can remember my, my entire life, I'd have to say. Um, you know, on my third day, I was in the, the, the worst hangover I'd ever been in. Um, and, and the hangover was followed by the spree that ended all sprees. It, it, it was the worst of my worst. And, and the only way that I could come to that point um, was by surrendering. And, and I believe this is all about surrender. You know, giving my life over to the care and direction of my creator. Um, you know, I knew who my creator was and I, and I understood it. It was, it was the creator of my own understanding not yours, not my grandmother's, not the church's, how I understood it. And as soon as I came to that point of realizing that, I mean, that, that still wasn't enough. I, the only way that I could surrender to win was by battling as hard as I battled. And I don't doubt there's people on the line t- today that, uh, you know, battle hard, but it is, it, it, do you have the solution that works for you? Um, 
each morning I wake up and, and I offer myself over to my higher power. And uh, because of that, I, I completely give up everything that I know and completely give up all of my own strategies. Uh, the strategies that I use are found inside this book. Um, I was always searching and never, ever being able to completely find or even understand myself. And, uh, you know, that always kept me lost, trying to search, trying to find, trying to figure things out. Um, I take the suggestions of others, and because that, of that, I, uh, I'm able to find myself through God. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Lance L. Ginger C., it's your turn, and then it'll be Nancy H. Thanks, Monica, and thank you for your service and everyone doing service. This is Ginger C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado. Um, I just love this last paragraph. He never drank again. Wow. You know, isn't that why we're all here? And thank God for the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous because if we follow it precisely and if we stay in it, we have a really good shot to never eat again. And I am scared to death to eat again. I don't think I would get sober if I relapsed and went back to that nightmare and the greatest lie that lives in my head. So, so grateful again for these instructions and that there's a way out and that there's hope. And then we read on how he's powerful within this church that he had been absent from. You know, he's effective. He's useful. All these promises, all these gifts that come. And it all came from the desperation from those bites. You know, thank God I got kicked to the curb. And thank God I finally got convinced. Like someone just mentioned, you have to surrender. You have to be out of ideas. That set-aside prayer was my favorite prayer. God, help me to set aside what I think I know. Because whatever the hell I'm doing, I'm not doing very good here. I'm in a bed with a lot of wrappers on the side of my bed. And I want to kill myself. And then to see what happens. And in such a short period of time. And it happens automatically. I wasn't looking for results. I was just following instructions. My sponsor said to do this, and I did that. And the one thing he said to me over and over, Ginger, how free do you want to be? And I do want freedom. And I'm just so grateful. Like this man walked a free man. You know, for me, there have been plenty of effects. I am just not a one stop. I've hit many places on the outside looking for these effects. And I'm so grateful to finally be off the Titanic. I felt like I'd put down an addiction and another one would pop up. It was whack-a-mole. I was so sick of playing the game. And that game got unplugged. I am completely effect-free. The only effect I'm getting from is a higher power. That's a miracle. That is happy, joyous, and free. And that is usefulness because nothing's blocking me except me, and I get to do 10, 11, and 12 to stay with that and keep that in check. So thank God again for this book. I'm blown away that words on a page can set me free, and that's what happened. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Ginger C. Nancy H., it's your turn, and then it'll be Siobhan. Good morning, Monica. Thank you for your service and everyone else who's doing service today. I'm Nancy. I'm from Massachusetts, and I'm a compulsive overreader who's recovering. 
Um, I could relate particularly to the giving his life over to the care and direction of his higher power because I've been doing that on a daily basis lately, uh, more than ever. And my sponsor has a saying, which is not a saying, it's a truth, that it's all God. No matter what is happening in your life, it's all God. And she's pointed out to me several times where I write the, the fairy tale, I write the story, and then I, instead of letting God take care of the results, I've got my mind made up. So recently, many times actually recently, I've had a wonderful week of getting some of the promises. Um, I've, I was given some bad news by my son, and I finally decided to go to God first. And I said, you know, God, I'm very afraid, and I'm afraid that he'll commit suicide because of this news he has. And I'm afraid, but I can turn my fear over to you. I know you're responsible for the outcome, so I'm going to let go and do whatever I would have been doing before I got this news. And I proceeded to go along my day, and about three hours later, I got a call from my son saying the news wasn't so bad after all. So for me, if I don't turn everything over to God, and I don't go to God first, and then I try to, I had an incident the other night where I didn't go to God first. I did go to God first about some pain I had, and then I tried to call my, uh, text my sponsor to see if she was available, and she wasn't. So I said, okay, God, I'm coming back to you again because it's you and me. And I, I got an answer to just what I was looking for. I, I get the answer immediately. And that's what's happening to me lately, that I get the answer, and I don't have to, you know, be planning the outcome. And every time, my sponsor said, every time I say should, or I, um, I forget the other thing, but anyway, every time I say should, that means I've taken my will and my life over again, rather than giving it to my higher power. So when I say should, I say, no, I, I'm not going to should on myself, as they say. I'm going to just take and, and uh, go to the higher power, and keep, my higher power is God. So I say, God, please help me. And I say the serenity prayer maybe five times in a row, and I stop myself um, actually, God stops me from being so um, uh, nerved up about things. So for me, it's all about giving God my will in my life. I do it every morning, and I take it back a hundred times a day, but every time I catch myself, I say, okay, God, I'm turning it back to you. It's not my problem. Um, it's my problem, but it's not. food isn't going to solve the problem, but I know you will. And that is, seems to be working wonderfully for me. So I'm continuing on a daily basis to travel this road with all of you people, and I'm trying to just convince myself that I should never, ever try to take my will back, because every time I do, it's a complete mess. <laughs> so with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy H. And Siobhan, it's your turn, and please tell us the initial to your last name. Siobhan, star one to unmute. Am I saying your name wrong? Thank you for le thank you for letting me know that I was talking to myself. Thank you, I appreciate <laughs> that. Um, uh, my name is Siobhan, and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater and compulsive available sponsor. I mean, compulsively, I am available sponsor because that's the immunity I need. Um, uh, I, my name is non-intuitively spelled S is in solution, I is in into action, O is in others, B is in big book, H is in how it works, A is in agnostic, N is in vision. And the first initial of my last name to answer your question is C, is and carry the message. My phone number is 310-310-9637, and I'm available 24-7. And I'd like to just comment on this first paragraph. On the third day, the lawyer gave his life, and that's exactly what happened to me to the direction of the creator. I happened to be a lawyer, and it happened to be on the third day of a five-day uh, 
by the magical days that I got recovered in this program. And it happened on October 22nd. I started suicidal and homicidal. And October 26th of this year, I was recovered completely uh, from everything, not just the insanity of the food, which included uh, going to two, a psych ward over, over pepperoni pizza resentment, uh, almost getting disbarred from the practice of law for stealing blueberries, which was part of a resentment that I'd lost the, well, whatever, I don't want to get the problem, but there's insanity. <clears throat> and I was a practicing lawyer, and I also worked part-time as a pastry chef. And I, the beautiful thing, and I just want to express gratitude, but the gratitude, the attitude of gratitude, if you haven't had an opportunity to listen to it, yesterday we had, we had this amazing workshop, and I thank everyone who put it together, everyone on this line who does service, and our family, good morning. Um, that attitude of gratitude, like, just was life-changing for me. Um, it remembered, it reminded me that I worked at a cafe called Cafe Gratitude as a pastry chef, as a lawyer in good standing in New York and Connecticut, and I, I, was a, I was a pastry set thief. I actually stole cakes. It's the only job I ever showed up on time for because I had to get there on time to make cakes for them and cakes for me to steal. I'm a, cho- I'm a recovered chocolate thief and a chocolatier, and I'm also a recovered ice cream thief. And I, re- and I apologized to the owner of Cafe Gratitude and all of his co-owners yesterday uh, by, a, by an email that was very honest. And also I'm going to be meeting them on Thanksgiving where they offer a free Thanksgiving meal to anyone who – doesn't have a place to go in Los Angeles. If you're here, please call me and I'll connect you to many places uh, that offer free turkey for anyone if you eat that in your food plan. Um, I do want to say that I'm so grateful to this Visions meeting. And I do want to also um, say that, you know, for me, just a couple of things that, that came up. And thank you for all the shares. I mean, I don't want to name anyone by name because you know, I don't cross talk. But God, I got so much out of what you shared. Um, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I have so much to share, and I, ah, and I feel like the time's coming out. I hope if you're struggling, oh, my God. Um, you know, I, it's my experience. It's because I didn't do a thorough house cleaning, and I get thorough. I get into energetic theft, time thief. You know what I mean? Did we steal their time? Did we steal their energy? I go deep on a fifth. If you want to, rec- if you want to get recovered, truly recovered and be done, please call me. Please help yourself by calling, picking up the 300-pound phone. I'll call you if you text me. Time. 310-310-9637. Thanks. Thank you, Siobhan. Okay. Yeah. If you came in a little later this morning, we are on page 158. We are reading the second, third, and fourth paragraphs on that page on the third day is where we started. And who else would like to share this morning? And remember, we do like to hear Lisa B. New voice. Oh, Lisa O. Mary. Gotcha. Mary H. Mary. There you go. Barbara G. Barbara E. I was doing good, but I lost it. Hang on. Hang on. Let me see what I got here. All right. This is what I got so far. I heard Lisa B, Vasa O, I heard a Mary, didn't get your last name, I heard a Leah S, I heard Harlan G, I heard Barbara E, one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, let's just go with that for right now. Uh, Lisa, Lisa B, you're up, and then Vasa O. Yes, good morning, Monica, can you hear me okay? Yeah. Okay, great. Yes. My name is Lisa B, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina, and, um, you know, that line, in finding God, he found himself, that really speaks to me. And um, I wanted to share a new awareness that I've been getting about finding myself and finding God. Um, well, first of all, I heard uh, someone share once that 
what helped them is the understanding that this power knew of me before I even knew of myself. And that, that really helped me. But um, I'm finding that I have energy, that I have uh, excitement, thrill, um, enjoyment, passion, funness. Uh, laughing and just being present in the moment is something I'm experiencing. Now, yesterday, granted, I had to do a 10-step because I was taking myself way too seriously and so consumed with self. But in sharing my 10-step with a recovered fellow, um, I could really hear my higher power speaking through them. And I was able to tap back into that wonderful power that knew of me before I knew of myself. But um, I'm actually seeing it. I am creating things. I'm, I'm starting things from scratch making things, um, being a part of things, I don't know, being a part of system, being a part of life, adding to life, bringing to life. And that's just so wonderful. Um, and it may sound so weird, this chair might sound so weird, um, but this is all new for me because being an unrecovered, untreated compulsive overeater for so many years, not even knowing that the malady I was feeling, which was unhappiness, restlessness, irritability, confusion that was all being untreated and I thought for sure it's going to take medication it's going to take serious counseling no that was just me being an unrecovered untreated compulsive overeater and hearing the treatment you know that's given to me through this book and through this healthy meeting um, I can be a part of life today and be a part of a flow of energy that is bringing harmony and happiness and just being a channel. and uh, But then every now and then I trip over myself and I get all caught up in me and it's all about me again. Um, and I take myself way too seriously. But I'm so excited to be learning how to do this. I just have to not think about it so much and just do it. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa B. Vasa O, you're up and then it will be Mary H. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Monica, for your service. I'm Vasa Grateful, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater calling from Florida. And I really did not know what I was getting into when I came to my first meeting in Overeaters Anonymous. And my, the girl that brought me, my friend that brought me into, introduced me to Overeaters Anonymous, she 12-stepped me for about a week. And, you know, and I just listened and I, I could identify. She, she shared her story and I said, that's me, that's me. And then she did take me to my first meeting a, a week later. And on the first day, the lawyer gave his, on the third day, the lawyer gave, the lawyer gave his life to the care of and in direct, and direction of his career, creator. For me, it was on the first night. I, you know, that's what she said. You know, you just have to find a power greater than yourself, Asa. Otherwise, we are doomed. We are doomed. We are dead, you know. And I remember thinking, I just, I was just so ready and willing to do that. And I, I just didn't want to die. And I, I remember getting on my knee, my knees, coming home from the, from the, my first meeting. I remember running in the bathroom. And I remember surrendering to God. I closed the door. I didn't want anybody to open the door for my husband or anybody to see. I was on my knees. They thought, I said, they're going to think I'm really, I've gone really berserk. I've gone really crazy. 
But I had the gift of desperation, yes. And for me, yeah, I got on my knees. Not everybody has to get on their knees to surrender, but that's the way I did. I remember saying, God, my higher power. I still had a hard time with saying God. I preferred saying higher power. And God, I am sure I did say God, God too, but for me, I was more in the higher power. I said, please forgive me for all the sins that I had committed in my whole life, and I surrender. I put this food in your hands and my life and my will, and I was really terrified to to put my life and my will to the care of God. I, did, I had a lot of trust issues, but that's okay. I was ready 150% to surrender with the food. I didn't know whether this God was going to strike me down or raise me. Well, I had the most uh, most amazing spiritual experience. I had the connection, a power that went from my head to my heart. It was just some. It was just something beautiful that I experienced. But I didn't share, you know, what happened at the meetings for a couple of years because I was just so embarrassed. I didn't want people to think I've gone really crazy. And then I heard somebody share about their connection, spiritual experience. And that's what gave me the courage to say something. And then I heard other people gradually. And some people get it through working the steps. But that's okay. I'll wrap it up. That's when I got it. But I needed to surrender to to God, to the steps, to the meetings, and everything else. And I'm just so grateful. I've never imagined I would have a life like I do today. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Mary H., you're up, and then it'll be Leah S. Hey, this is Mary. Can I be heard? Yes. Okay, great. Hey, this is Mary H., recovered in Wisconsin. I finished my 12th step this weekend. Um, And in case things happen with my baby kiddos before the end of the meeting, I'll just say right now, that I am available to sponsor, and you can look me up on the member directory if you want to find that information. Um, The things that really struck me, and thank you, everyone, for your amazing shares. I've made so many notes already today. (laughs) Um, Was he was a free man, and in finding God, he found himself. And, you know, just having finished my 12th step means that I am still squarely practicing what is what does it even look like to have steps nine, ten, eleven, and twelve be going on in my life? I, I, like it's still all just like right there, right in the middle of it. And uh, so it strikes me that I, you know I am a free man. I have had a spiritual awakening, <laughs> but uh, that doesn't mean that I like have everything figured out or something, <laughs> or like. Uh, that I've suddenly been like struck perfect or that suddenly I don't have any problems in my life. No, no, no. But it's super fascinating because doing these daily, you know, the 10th step, uh, you know, well, first of all, just still being in the midst of, you know, going to people and like, what, what do amends look like? Like what a, not Mary's apologies, or what, what I think I should be doing. But, you know, when I take that idea of like, okay, well, this is what I did. How should I go about fixing this? And I ask other more experienced recovered people than me, like, hey, I need some feedback here. And just learning what that looks like, that's hard. That's hard. It's hard to hear that like, 
you know what, Mayor, like the apology that you were planning and giving, I'm not sure if it's actually getting across what we're trying to practice in these principles and to have to like adjust and learn, you know, like none of the, it's simple, but not easy. Right. And the things that I'm learning about myself and my behavior from this 10 step process of checking in on myself and watching for these things each day. And then the 11th step review and the prayers in the morning. I mean, it's just all, it's, it's totally amazing in the strictest sense of the word. Um, So I certainly am not feeling like I'm in a place of like, I've found myself, but on a different level I have, because all that I need is I need a God of my understanding to be in charge of my life today. And that is all I really need to know about myself to be able to be of useful, uh, to be of useful service to other people. And that's what my job is now is to be in a place of maximum usefulness, not going to be perfect which is a huge character defect for me. So that awareness alone is a spiritual awakening for me. Thank you so much for timing me. I'll keep coming back and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Mary H. So glad you're with us. Leah S., it's your turn. Then it'll be Harlan G. Thank you so much, Monica. It's such a pleasure. It's, It's my privilege. I was getting ready to share. This is Leah S., a recovered compulsive overeater from Brooklyn, New York. I was getting ready to share, and I was putting down my weights. And before I knew it, my my one of the weights were starting to roll down from the shelf, and I jumped. <laughs> I jumped back because... I didn't want that. I saw it coming, and it was going to come right on my leg. And I jumped, and and then I said to myself, oh, my God, that that was really something. It came so quickly. I didn't throw them down. They just rolled down. And, And you know what? I came into this program just like that, jump into it, because something is going to hit me, really hit me. I'm, I, I can't control it. And so really what I wanted to share is when you get into that, there is a period in time, of I think, in each person's life where you get vulnerable. You, you, you just, you know, you don't know what you're going to do or how you're going to do or when you're going to do and what the heck is going on all along. And then you just give yourself up. And that is what is this is all about. There is something you're gonna fall into abyss, you're gonna fall into God's laps right away because He's there. He really is there. If you open your eyes and if you understand how this program works and what is possible, unbelievable things are possible when you do become vulnerable and you allow that power to guide you and to lead you. Thank you very much for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Leah S. Harlan G., it's your turn, followed by Barbara E. Thank you, Monica, and thank you to Team Monday for making this magnificent meeting possible. I'm Harlan G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. June 26th is the day that Dr. Bob and Bill come and visit uh, Bill Dotson. And that's 16 days after Bill, or excuse me, after Dr. Bob gets sober. 
16 days, not 16 years, not 16 months, 16 days, and they had tried with others. And it says here on the third day, which is be June the 29th, 1935, he gave his life to the, and to the care and direction of his creator, step three, and said he was perfectly willing to do anything necessary, steps four through 12. His wife came. Now, his wife's name was Henrietta. Now, we have two Henriettas. We have Henrietta Cyberling, which has nothing to do with this, but I, I want to clear up confusion. His wife is Henrietta Dotson. Henrietta Dotson walks into the hospital room and sees something for the first time in her entire married life to this alcoholic. And what is it that she sees? She sees hope. She sees the face of a man in her husband who is not only sober, because she had seen him sober many times before, she had seen the, ma uh, the face of a man who had confidence that he could stay that way and stay that way happily because of what he saw, Bill Dotson, in Bob and Bill Wilson. And she was very, very trepidatious. Now, after this, he began to have a spiritual experience. Now, he is in the middle of a political election for city council of Akron, Ohio. His alcoholism was used against him in this fight. He did not drink. His alcoholism was thrown in his face publicly, and he did not drink. He was disappointed that he lost the campaign after fighting with everything he did, and he did not drink. But what did he do? He proved to himself that no matter how evolved his recovery got, that he would never rise above the level of a human being, and he could not drink. He could not only not drink, but he could do so happily. And he died in 1954, 1954, never to have drank again. And he has become a respected and useful member of his community. What did he do? Now, there was no meetings for him to go to. There was the Oxford group, yes, but their AA had not split apart yet. But what did he do? He went to Oxford group meetings just about every day. And what did he do, Bill Batson? He went back to the church and he worked with other alcoholics who came through through the church and through the Oxford group meetings and through who they came in contact with at the hospital. He threw himself into service, worked the steps, never drank again, and was happy in his release. And if it would work for Bill Dotson, it's probably going to work for Harlan Grabowski. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Harlan. Barbara E., it's your turn. Uh, good morning. Can you hear me? This is Barbara E. Yes. Oh, wonderful. I'm never sure whether I've muted myself or not. Well, I have to give a shout out. I really must to the wonderful sharing gratitude meeting yesterday. I won't belabor it. I know we all feel the same way. Thank you, Monica, for doing service and to everyone on this meeting today. I love this paragraph because it shows that this man has taken steps one and two when Bill and Bob come to him for two days. And on step, on the third day, he finally turns his will and his life 
over to the care of God. And when I came into OA 20 years ago, I was doubtful. I was skeptical that I needed something outside of myself, outside of the rooms, outside of a sponsor that would help me to control my desire to go back to the food over and over again, deluding myself that this time would be different, that this time I had a handle in it. But now I understand that I only have three choices in life. I have to give in, give it all I've got, and give up. You can't change the wind, Barbara E., but you can change the directions of your sails. I did not always come closer to God by my successes, but better understanding came through the pains of my failures. I know that sounds counterintuitive because this has been the essence of my own and perhaps your experience. I finally discovered that I was willing to receive guidance throughout my life. And when I stopped and I stopped making demands upon God to give me what I wanted on order, things got better. In praying, I simply asked that God place me in the best place of understanding his will and I'll be given the strength to carry it out. That's a huge change for me. For me, there's a direct link between prayer and meditation. Taken together, they create an unshakable foundation. And my spiritual release did not come easily. It came painfully slow. It always entailed the hardest work and the sharpest vigilance. My character liabilities were toxic. Like carbon monoxide, they were giving off gases that would kill me and everyone about me. I had to change. I had absolutely no choice. I can be loving, kind, and tolerant, but I can also be unloving, nasty, and tolerant. So I needed to work like crazy. Those three uh, Fs, Fight, flee, or freeze. Oh, thank you. When my self-esteem is affected, I needed to get rid of them. Thank you again, everyone. Monica, many thanks. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. And we've got less than a minute. This is Monica T., and I'm going to jump on this. On the third day, the lawyer gave his life to the care and direction of his creator and said he was perfectly willing to do anything necessary. Uh, this sounds gentle to me. This sound, you know, it doesn't say surrender. I don't like that word. Thank you, God. It's not in the big book in the first 164 pages. But he gave, you know, I came here, I was screwed. Nothing was working. Absolutely nothing. And I knew it. And these other recovered people said, this is what's worked for us. There's a higher power out there. How about giving, trying over to the care? How loving and gentle. The care of this power. And I like that thought. And with that, we have come again to the end of our meeting, so very quickly. And I want to thank everyone who has shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with a reading from the big book, and if somebody unmuted, 
We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And the share ID for today, Monday, November 19th, 2018, the 7 a.m. meeting is 12,196. 12196. Anne, Craig F., would you please read for us from page 164, A Vision for You? Glad to. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Uh, Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless and keep you until then.